This is Pastoring Out Loud, a podcast for Bethlehem Baptist Church's South Campus in Lakeville, Minnesota. Are you interested in learning more about our church? Go to Bethlehem.church forward slash south. How long will that intro remain the same, Dave? We'll see. That's cryptic. Hey, everyone. Random question. What's the most exhausted you've ever been? <laughs> like physically? Uh, and anything. Physically, emotionally, spiritually. Those all go together to some degree, right? Or are we able to bifurcate and, or trifurcate all those things, Stacy? and just like we can only... We can be physically well-rested, but emotionally exhausted. What do you think? I think that's true. You that's possible. Be. Yeah, okay. that's possible. Yeah. I've experienced that. Physically, the be... most physically exhausted I've ever been is probably after the birth of a baby. Sorry, Ethan. Not, but... not something that I've ever experienced. Why did you say that to Ethan? Oh, because Sarah. Well, they're about- Sarah's about yeah. to have a baby. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're about to experience Why did you that. say that to Ethan? <laughs> I just had to like- Sorry, I Ethan. Like, I was like- why not say that to Dave, me, or Nick? Oh, Ethan's wife is pregnant. Oh, yeah. yeah sorry. Sorry, man. Uh, okay, so the most exhausted Stacy's ever been has been after the birth of a child. I'll say the most exhausted I think I've ever been has been after the birth of a child. Not me birthing the child, but my wife. I was pretty exhausted mm-hmm. after that. What about you, Dave? Yeah, last night. You can't copy. Twenty <laughs> last night. No, not what was last, last night. Not even, <laughs> not even close. Twenty. He doesn't. Twenty. Twenty ten. Uh, starting seminary. <gasps> That's right. Working a lot of hours. And Iris was born. Iris was born, and Iris was genuinely for four months colicky. Yeah, like th- screams for three to four hours at a time through the night colicky. And I remember waking up one morning shaking so bad that I actually texted my mom and asked her if she could die Um, from being too tired. And I meant it. Wow. That's great. Yeah. I think uh, it was August of 2011. I took my Hebrew. We had summer Hebrew. Oh yeah. Two months of summer Hebrew, Monday through Friday. I took my final on a Friday. Love John Beckman. Yes. John Beckman, the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, our Old Testament prophet at Bethlehem College and Seminary and Hebrew prof. So I, I took my final on a Friday and Caitlin was born on a Monday. And then school started the following Monday. Mm. Like that 10-day period. It's a recipe was, for success. Yeah. <laughs> that was. I think it was also the first summer I was working three jobs. Good times, guys. Nick, you got a, any exhausted kind of? Yeah, probably. <laughs> Last Dave, night, Dave refuses to believe I've ever been exhausted. <laughs> I can't picture it. There was one time, and I woke up once in my sleep, <laughs> broke up my eight hours. And it was just, <laughs> just kidding. Nick's been tired too once or twice. Go ahead, I'll stop. Uh, it would probably be it's an inside story here, folks. No, they just I I haven't had kids, so. <laughs> That's all he's saying. Great. Probably be after coming back from like a missions trip, like when I went to Myanmar or Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. That big old jet lag. Yep. Yeah. Not sleeping on the plane, having a 17-hour flight from Addis back to Chicago with a quick refuel in Dublin. <laughs> what do you... Oh, Dublin. Oh, I miss Ireland. 
Uh, what do you think is the longest you've ever gone without sleep, Nick? Mm, probably close to 30 hours. Okay. Dave. Yeah, it was uh, like 46 at one point based on like timing of one of our kids, okay. the birth of one of our kids. So it was just like a middle of the night thing and she ended up staying up way too long. Yeah. Stacy. What's the question? What's the longest you've ever stayed up continuously? No I idea. don't know. I no idea. Yeah. Okay. Right. After the birth of a child? Probably. Okay. <laughs> so we're starting a new series uh, that will be maybe like in succession. We'll do one after another, but it might be interspersed with some other things as we're headed towards uh, separating as a church, autonomizing, multiplying, planting. whatever word you want to use. Planting. I like that word. Um, but we're going to actually do a series on some of our favorite books that have shaped us the most. I uh, am talking today about a book that I think I have read four times and listened to three times. Some of them with Natalie, some of them on my own. Zeal Without Burnout by Christopher Ash. The subtitle is Seven Keys to a Lifelong Ministry of Sustainable Sacrifice. Stacy, you should ask me why people should read this book. Why should people read this book? So glad you asked, Stacy. You've read this as well, right? I've read it or have I I know I've listened to it because okay. his voice is awesome. His voice, whoever the narrator is. Mm -hmm. Christopher Ash. Is Chris does he read his own book? I thought so. Whatever it was, I remember fondly the voice yep. on audible.com. So Zeal Without Burnout is a book about uh, not specific to Christian pastors, ministers, but just to Christians in general that are seeking to be faithful in where, mm -hmm. wherever they uh, find themselves. Uh, this is a singularly great book for just thinking, assessing, and remembering about the providence of God, how great and how good he is, and what that means for us in just any of our daily activities. So I'll read uh, some of the, some of the uh, table of contents. So uh, seven keys. This is kind of the, the main thing that Christopher Ash is stabbing at. We need sleep and God does not. We need Sabbath rest and God does not. We need friends and God does not. We need inward renewal and God does not. Um, and then I can't remember what the warning, encouragement, and delight are off the top of my head. A warning, beware celebrity. Uh, and then an encouragement, this is worth it. And then a delight, rejoice in grace, not gifts. Mm -hmm. So in other words, rejoice in what God has granted you via grace, not gifts. Mm -hmm. I think several of the things that he returns to again and again is things like character over competency, you know, like that uh, seeking or the way that I like to say it is like seek the spirit's fruits before you seek the spirit's gifts. Um, that that's the kind of thing that you're, you know, before you're looking for fruitfulness, which is to the Lord, ours is faithfulness. And mm -hmm. it's also, that's also to the Lord. He's the one that's promised, you know, the end of Jude uh, to keep us faithful to the end. So it's really his work no matter what. And Chris Frash is writing from that perspective to be able to say like, if God really is who we believe he is, this sovereign, this great, this provident, I just remember the refrain 
uh, at the beginning of the book and it comes up again and again. You are dust and so you must rest. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or, I mean, implied, or you'll go back to dust faster Mm -hmm. (laughs) than, than otherwise. And God is not dust. God is continuing to work. You know, that's kind of the Martin Luther, you know, uh, while I slept, the word did its work in, you know, tearing down the, the false doctrine of the papacy. Um, or, uh, you know, Paul's, you know, words in Second Timothy, the word of God is not bound. You know, God continues to work in that way. So uh, I found that to be a really excellent book. Um, there's a number of books that are kind of like that. Isn't there an Ed Welch book? Isn't it uh, Stir Crazy or Call Me Crazy or Call Me Maybe or something like that? I can't remember. Hmm. It's uh, no, Call Me Maybe is the name of a I don't think song. So. Sorry, it's like it's like a it's like a picture with like a person like it's a silhouette with the guy spazzing out. And it's like about that. anxiety. It's about anxiety. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's also um, by David and Shauna Murray, Reset and Refresh. Oh right, right. Kind of along this same topic. I think I've read those two. This yep. one I found to be uh, maybe the most helpful. It's very succinct. It's less than a hundred. It's less than one hundred fifty pages. It might be like one hundred twenty, um, and just everything is very uh, on point to the point. Several times he's got real stories from real people uh, in various walks of life. Some pastors. Some, you know, in. Uh, quote unquote, professional Christian ministry, some just regular everyday Christians living out their lives, just like talking about how they got up to the edge of burnout or even got, were burned out and then um, came back and what God did in that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I didn't, I don't have uh, the definition right there, but like, how would we define burnout? What would be a, a way that we'd say, hey, burnout is, is this. Nick, Dave, Stacy, how would you define burnout I mean it seems it seems I don't know exactly how I would define it but it seems like there would be some sort of element of you reach a place where you feel like you just can't continue with whatever that it, thing is that you feel burnt out with mm-hmm. which could be you know any of the aspects we talked about at the beginning physically burnt out spiritually burnt out emotionally burnt out looks like you're looking at something Dave I was just I was on the Gospel Coalition book review okay. it has this has this kind of definition from a Dr. Midgley. Okay. Uh, says good old Dr. M. Yeah. It says uh, burnout is not a medical diagnosis but manifests itself in various ways such as depression, fatigue, sleeplessness and poor judgment and it emerges from a life lived at high stress for too long mm-hmm. with the result that one is no longer at his or her point of best performance so stress that leads to these things which leads to beginning to falter in various ways obviously probably best performance in every area of life i'm assuming so yeah, yeah. that's what i was reading mm-hmm. yeah i mean i think we are all to um, self-sacrificially, you know, serve and minister and do the things that God's called us to do. But I think there does come a tipping point that if you are doing those things, to, um, I think to the detriment of your own health and stewarding what God has given you, um, that then that turns into burnout when you really 
aren't, you're unable either physically or emotionally to continue. Yeah. yeah. Like what Nick said. Yeah. Well, the point that he makes in the book is the kind of thing, you know, that surrounding yourself with a measure of trusted community so that people are investing in you and you're not just always like essentially running, running under like a Messiah type complex, either looking inward kind of at yourself. I can get my stuff together or outward, even as close as your family. Like it's up to me that my family does this or then farther out at your work or your ministry or whatever mm. that um, having and wanting people investing in you in a continual ongoing way is important for the most senior of pastors at a church or the biggest of CEOs at a company, you know, all the way down to, you know, anybody for whom, you know, they're uh, maybe not at the top of an organization or whatever, mm -hmm. but that mainly um, we, because we are uh, inhabited souls, you know, we are creatures, you know, bodies and souls connected that we can't expect that we will just have endless reserves and therefore, we need to look to God and we need to look to um, others and what God is supplying. So I think that's even like what he says in his chapter, like look to God's grace, not mainly about, it's not mainly about gifts. And to be able to see points in a couple places like that this community around you is grace. And he does not lean in as heavy as I would, or I think as we would in terms of local church as like being the place of God's grace and blessing there. I think we would certainly say like, there's definitely promises invested there mm -hmm. and surrounding yourself with that kind of community yeah. is really important for not burning out. Yeah, that's good. I was just gonna say too, the, uh, the, the another book this makes me think of, I've talked about it before, is The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Yeah. Which does a little bit of, um, I think what's helpful about that book is it, it kind of helps you paint the picture of how our current reality that we live in, whether that be electricity or social media or Amazon, you know, all these various things contribute to the pressure we do feel to be, we, we think we're supposed to be omniscient and omnipresent. And then we have just enough tools to almost make us believe that we can is kind of the, the premise of that book. And so that's just another, that'd be a helpful maybe companion to this book is just to say, um, you know, what are what, recognizing some of the pressures that are out there that we're just kind of living in and breathing and that we take for granted. Yep. Um, cause even like with, with Kelly and I, one thing we're doing all the time is just mainly cause of that book just going, are we, are we too busy and why are we too busy and how do we prioritize our life in a way that is, uh, sustainable for our family and for, and therefore hopefully for the good of our kids and our friends and our family in the church, you know? <laughs> Wait, Dave, do you mean that you're not just at the beck and call of every particular person that might reach out to you on the social media accounts that you don't have, <laughs> but that you actually have to prioritize things and pace yourself? Yep. Cause you seem like a high capacity guy, Dave. I'm not. You're not? <laughs> Maybe oh, I wow. am. I don't know Shocking. what that means exactly. So, uh, so I mean, <laughs> how do you probably just give us a glimpse? What does it mean to prioritize things and ruthlessly eliminate hurry in the Zuliger household? Well, I mean, it means, it means different things in different seasons. 
You know, it means different things. What about this season? Yeah, this season, um, it means pretty ruthlessly (laughs) guarding, you know, like our Friday night and Saturday time together as a family so that our our kids and Kelly know like this is time we we have together where we can rest and reset as a family. I often say to people, you know, you have to you probably have to be getting married or there has to be an emergency for me to say yes to anything on a Saturday. Um, and that doesn't mean that we just uh, like are sitting around on the couch. Like oftentimes, like last Saturday for three hours as a family, we were doing yard work, but we're doing it as a family and that's refreshing in its own way. Um, so I think, so there, there's just habits like that. Um, there's the way that we're trying to fight against what I would just say is kind of a kid centric family where we just run around kind of making sure our kids get to do everything they want, which, which means we got to talk to our kids about <laughs> what our priorities are, you know, and we talk about wanting to have pockets of downtime at our house, especially, especially in the spring and summer and fall when our neighbors are actually outside and we might run into them and get to talk to them and build relationships with them. Um, so, you know, and there's, there's other things there's there. I just have more requirements to be at church. And so we even are careful with, well, that church thing is going on and we'd really like to go to it, but man, you've been at church this many nights this week. And so we probably got to skip that one, you know? So even, even things like that. So it's just, it's just always, it's the same stuff every family does. And, uh, just trying to be really intentional with all those things. So good. What is, what is is ruthlessly eliminating hurry look like in your life? Nick, I was going to ask you a question. No, it's too late. I cut you off. You can ask me later. <laughs> it's too late. I cut you off. I you weren't see. ruthlessly eliminating. You were ruthlessly eliminating hurry, and I was not. I didn't in that know. Question. I, I didn't know yeah. I had to hurry. Well, hindsight's twenty twenty. How do you eliminate hurry? <laughs> um, I mean, for me, I just I I have a normal day off, and I almost almost always like with very very rare exception stick to it. What do you take a day off from? Do you do you not read your Bible? Do you take a day off of prayer? Yeah, I just you don't. A, I don't think about God at all. Okay, <laughs> Stacy, no, what about you? Um, <laughs> that's not. That's. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I take of, of work of. I don't check my email. Um, I mean, similarly to Dave, um, with very very few exceptions, you know, unless it's an emergency or something like that, you know, just, I'm not doing ministry type things on that day. Um, and yeah, I try to have good rhythms, getting together with friends in my community, you know, um, and spending time with those people who build me up in Christ and give me rest and relaxation with those relationships. So it sounds, I mean, I don't have kids, so it's a little bit different than what Dave is talking about, but the principles are the same. So can Before I ask you my question now? Uh, I was going to ask Stacy oh, a question, but you can ask okay. me first. No, go no, go ahead. Stacy, how do you ruthlessly eliminate burnout hurry? Hmm. How are you zealous to avoid burnout? I think by just being aware of these things, like hmm. um, looking at how I'm doing with these things, um, just being aware that it's there. I mean, I'm a counselor, so I think about these things pretty often and, naturally. Um, but I think just really guarding 
the schedule, like Dave was saying, just really trying to be careful with what we schedule and how much we're doing. And um, it's definitely a challenge. <laughs> There's, it's a lot. Um, and we don't always get it perfect. Like last week I felt like mm-hmm. I scheduled too much. And by Friday it was just like yeah. physically and emotionally exhausted. Like, okay, I guess that was too much. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. You're just kind of constantly course mm-hmm. correcting. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you're learning and growing and God's with you through it. And then I think realizing that after maybe a more draining season of needing to do things intentionally to be refreshed um, or do life-giving things, like some of the things that he talked about in that book, for sure. Sleep, you know, energizing activities, getting together with a good friend. We've, yeah. t- we've talked about these things before too, but even to, to say, I mean, Stacy said it before, you know, these things are intertwined. So I think like identity in Christ is huge just with rest overall because, so for example, it's important to have not just a day off, but every once in a while, you know, like get away for a week and clear your mind. You know, I've had people say to me, oh, it must be so hard to not check your email, you know, when you're wherever. And I'm just like, man, it's not hard at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, well, why is it not hard? And be, well, I'm like, because I'm, I'm not Jesus and we've got a great team of elders and a great team of staff here. And I know, I know it's all going to be okay. You know, if there's, if there's an emergency, you know, we're always, we're all, I mean, we're eager to dive in there and, and love and care. But I think that foundational to a lot of these things, like going to sleep and resting and saying no to things and, uh, is is knowing who you are in Christ. And like you said, you know, he says it in his book too. I, th- I think I saw, you know, not having a, ce- he called it celebrity, but maybe not having like a Messiah complex where you just think you're the yeah. only one yeah. that can ever do things, you know. And mm-hmm. so uh, th- this last this last Sunday, we had, we had an event that we thought was really important for extended family. And yet, like, I really wanted to be here. And yet I knew... You know, this global partner is going to preach. He's going to knock it out of the park, so we can go, and that and that's okay. You know, we can we can just go do that and bless this other family member who's. Uh, so I th- I just think knowing that it's it's okay when it's not you, <laughs> and that it's and and a lot of times it's it's good when it's not you that the the body builds up the body in love, and it's it's okay to not always be at everything. Amen. Anything else you guys would like to add? Do you have a question? Well, I did. I don't know how much time we have, but I mean, he talked about Sabbath yeah. rest. Well, how does he define Sabbath? You know, like, what does he mean? I'm just curious. Uh, huh. That's an interesting it voice. is um, uh, the rest of God in Genesis 2 does not mean he takes a break from governing the universe. It's the rest of having completed the creation he made, but God works tirelessly to sustain creation, to feed creation, govern creation by his providence. He does not sleep and he does not take Sabbath rests in that way, but we must, if we neglect this, we're implicitly claiming. Uh, He says, I hope we can all agree that the six day, one day pattern of work and rest is hardwired into creation and therefore into us as a human race. Behind the Sabbath commandment lies a creation pattern. Even if the Sabbath is no longer an old covenant religious obligation, we are foolish to behave as if we no longer need a day yeah, off okay. each week. Yep. So, which I, I would agree in principle with. Yep. You know, we from late on Sunday until late on Monday, 
uh, we are resting. And that means, you know, we're still doing school on Monday. We homeschool, but we're trying to like break up and do different things as a family and as individuals. And I think like, you know, for me, you know, I took all of my social media off my phone, took all my notifications off my phone, except mm-hmm. like texts from particular people. I took my work email off my phone. So if you're listening to nice. this, you're like, where's that email, Daniel, that you're going to give to me? Sorry, guys. Haven't got back to my computer yet, but right after this, I will. So it's that sort of thing. It's like, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. we're not going to let the tyranny of the urgent press in on, we take six days and then one day we rest. I just wanted to clarify that because, I mean, I would say, and I think you guys would agree that we, in in fulfillment in Christ, that we are in Christ and therefore experiencing a measure of Sabbath rest in him yep. always, which was the point of the, you know, the Old Testament yeah. and command and it's so wise and good right. as a creational pattern. And Hebrews three, we have not yet entered. Yeah, into and so there's the a future fulfillment as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But so taking a day off is good and wise, and it reflects a pattern that God has set. And it's not, it's not keeping the Old Testament command under the old covenant. That's all I wanted to clarify. Yeah, yeah. Good, good, guys. Thanks so much for talking with me about one of my favorite books. I think next week we're gonna have. Nick, a book from someone else. Nick, bring a favorite book. <laughs> Maybe. I'll sign you one. Thanks, everyone.